Thanks for tuning in to DA Rockstars. This is Monday Mess, where I read articles so you don't have to. Feel free to listen and learn. Today's episode is powered by Zen Supplies. It's the next generation of ordering products on an online platform. It's never having to run out of products. It's literally knowing what's in your inventory at a click of a button. They are the DA's best friend, helping us save our dentist money and get our time back. Go check them out, www.zensupplies.com. Today's article comes from RDH Magazine. Self-adhesive sterilization pouches. Sometimes the simplest questions require the most complex answers. At a recent infection control seminar, I was asked, How do I use those self-adhesive sterilization pouches properly? Written on January 31st, 2010 by Noelle Kelsch, RDHAP. How do I use those self-adhesive sterilization pouches properly? Well, the answer may surprise you. It could take an entire course just to answer that question. Understanding the steps and the background involved in using these simple, convenient products can mean the difference between effective sterilization practices and putting patients at risk. Materials. The pouch itself. Sterilization pouches are really a medical device and have to be approved by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. They can be made from a variety of materials including paper, nylon, and plastic. Now, these materials are specifically designed to allow penetration of chemicals, heat, vapor, or steam. And as the material cools, it creates a sealed and sterile environment for storage. The adhesive strip. The idea behind the adhesion is to create a seal after the material has expanded and contracted. A properly designed pouch allows for 50% coverage of paper and 50% coverage of plastic with the adhesive. An adequate width of adhesive material with a clean, perforated fold allows for a clean, uniform fold and seal, which assures safe storage of the sterilized item. Here are some helpful hints about materials. Do not reuse bags. The material that the bag is made of was developed to expand when exposed to heat, moisture, and chemicals. Now this allows the heat and the chemical to enter the bag. As it cools down, it shrinks and seals the contents from the outside atmosphere. The material was made to do this only once. Reusing bags is risky. Your patient's health as the material will not expand and shrink again. And there is no guarantee that sterilization has been achieved or maintained. Each sterilizer has specific materials that are appropriate for use in it. Now it's important to check the directions for your sterilizer before choosing a material. To check if your pouch is achieving a proper seal, simply do a water test. Seal the pouch with nothing inside. Open the opposite end of the seal and add water halfway up. If it's leaking, well, then it's not been sealed. Or the seal material is inadequate. And you cannot use a tray cover, a paper towel, or any other unapproved product as a substitute. Indicator. Now, both external and internal indicators are now required by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Having one on the outside makes it simple to see if the item has been processed. Having one on the inside assures that the processed reaches inside the bag. Now, many companies make bags that have the indicator built in internally as well as externally, or you can purchase a separate multi-parameter indicator to insert into the bag. 
See the related chart for more information about indicators. In addition, here are some hints about indicators. Some companies have built-in internal chemical indicators. Be sure to ask if they are multi-parameter indicators. They are a great addition and simplify the process. Now, when you're purchasing a pouch, ask if the product has multi-parameter indicators or if they simply turn color when exposed to heat alone. By purchasing an internal external indicating pouch, you will not have to avoid the added expense of buying a separate indicator strip, which often costs as much as the pouch itself. To test if your pouch with both internal and external indicator is a class three indicator, only reacting to one of the critical parameters, simply place a bag on top of your sterilizer and leave it there for a day while running the cycle, or place it on the dashboard of your car on a hot day. If both of the indicators change color, the indicator is a class three indicator. Loading the bag, write the date and time and or load number on the outside of the pouch with a lead-free pencil or non-toxic indelible ink pen. This will allow you to pull the load easily if you receive a failed report. Now record the load type, date, and number in your sterilization notebook. Fold adhesive on the perforated line. You guys, this isn't in the article, but seriously, do it. I've seen so many people try to make like a, a crown prep burr block fit in a different bag and um, in order to save space, they would like fold it way past the perforated line and that just, it's null and void. It has to be folded on the perforated line. Okay, back to the article. With the protective strip still in place, it is vital to fold on this line. The line will direct the placement of the adhesion material when you remove the protective strip. If this line is not folded correctly, you will not form a seal and the instruments will be exposed to the atmosphere. Date and record of the bag and process load. While wearing utility gloves, load the pouch while being sure not to overfill the bag. Remove strip from adhesive, refold at the perforated line and to form a tight seal. Now, here are some other helpful hints. Some companies now have great systems that allow you to see the product size by the color of the box that it's stored in, but buying a variety of sizes to meet the needs of your practice is important. Do not overfill the bag. This can cause problems with perforation, placement of seal, and tearing of material. Allow the load to dry completely before removing from sterilizer. By removing the pouch before it is completely dried, you're risking contamination. Wicking can occur from the moisture drawing whatever the pouch touches internally from your hands to the countertop. Check indicators after sterilization before storing. Store pouches in a cool, dry place. Heat and moisture can compromise the indicator. And here I'm just going to put in, so if you store your bagged instruments above your sterilizer and like an open cupboard, there's a pretty good chance it's going to be exposed to that steam constantly and break any chance you have of keeping that item sterile. Okay. One of the most overlooked concepts with sterilization is cross-contamination. The plastic must be completely separate from the paper when tearing the pouch open. The outside of the plastic has been exposed to the environment. If the plastic is adhered to the paper, there's still a chance of cross-contamination if the instruments touch the plastic. The plastic may have been exposed to contaminants since it was sterilized. 
Test your pouches before using them by simply tearing the plastic from the paper. If the plastic adheres, return the supply to the manufacturer. Do not glove up until the pouch is opened. Otherwise, the contaminants on the exterior of the pouch may be transferred to your gloves, thereby contaminating the instruments and their entire procedure. Do not move the pouch around multiple times before using it, and try to store it in a stable place. Repeated movement can compromise the material. Operator error is at fault in a majority of sterilization failures. Understanding products and their parameters of use can mean the difference between putting patients at risk and keeping a safe infection control environment. Thanks for tuning in to Monday Mess. All links to the articles read will be found in the show notes.